0: September 11, 2001. A plane struck the World Trade Center North Tower, then 17 minutes later, another plane struck the South Tower. To all it becomes clear, the U.S. is being attacked. 50 minutes later, the Pentagon will also be attacked. When the day was over, 2,977 people were killed and over 25,000 were maimed in the carnage. Moreover, the nation watched news coverage as the towers fell and as first responders bravely ran into certain danger to save those that were trapped inside the building. Many would die trying to save others for no other reason than it was their duty and to do right by the people they served so courageously. This day lives in infamy in the hearts of Americans. Irreconcilable damage had been done, and the country demanded actions against the perpetrators. This group, al-Qaeda, led by Osama bin Laden and backed by the radical Islamic agenda, had to be destroyed and face justice for their abhorrent actions. This response would forever change the course of American life and history leading the U.S. deeper into conflicts in the Middle East, including the Iraq War, the War on Terror, and the rise in response to ISIS-ISIL, much of which is still going on over 18 years later. This was the international response, but what is just as important yet often left out of the conversation is the U.S. domestic response to the attacks in the years following, particularly involving the government's crackdowns on personal freedoms. This includes the Unnecessary Transportation Security Administration, the NSA, which has been violating Americans' personal freedoms in spreading disinformation since 1952, and the notorious Patriot Act. All of their violations are shamelessly committed in the name of the fallen and by their nature weaken the civil and personal liberties that are the bedrock of this nation. The TSA was established eight days after the attack in order to prevent bombs, guns, and other weapons from being used in another hijacking. But the results are in, and all the TSA is capable of doing is wasting the taxpayers' dollars, confiscating your shampoo for being an ounce over the limit, and racially profiling travelers. Despite its $7.8 billion budget, as reported by Vox's Dylan Matthews, Homeland Security officials looking to evaluate the agency had a clever idea. They pretended to be terrorists and tried to smuggle guns and bombs onto planes 70 different times, and 67 of those times, the Red Team succeeded, end quote. In other words, from that test, the TSA has a Protection Against Terrorism rating of 4.3%. Doing the math for that study, for every single bomb out of 100 they were able to quote-unquote stop, we're paying them over $1.81 billion. This is because the TSA does not publish when screening stops such incidences as it considers transparency a threat to security. Whilst their successes aren't released to the public, they do report to other governmental organizations, and according to Slate, the Government Accountability Office released a report that SPOT had not apprehended a single terrorist, end quote. This is in spite of its 3,000-strong office and the program's $200 million budget, which is solely the SPOT program. Furthermore, where is all of our money going towards? It's definitely not stopping terrorists. Well, let's go look at what they've posted on the TSA's official Instagram, where they post stuff they find to the public. Hey, it's only a threat to national security when they can't produce anything that justifies their existence. I'm seeing a bowie knife, a wooden slingshot, you know, in case Goliath feels threatened, maple syrup, an ornate fantasy dagger that's probably more effective on a wall than in a fight. I'm definitely seeing where the $8 is going. Furthermore, the TSA officials have been encouraged by supervisors to profile individuals when conducting their quote-unquote random screenings. So the question I'll leave off with is, is the TSA necessary, or are they just wasting our time in searching and seizing our personal property, not only without a warrant, but with no results to show that their invasive process is effective? The National Security Agency, better known as the NSA, all but openly admittedly violates the civil rights of Americans. This isn't a new claim to the agency, established in 1952. The agency participated in Project Minaret, which illegally spied on anti-Vietnam activists including Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King Jr., and even then-Senator Frank Church. But post 9-11, there was a newfound emphasis in the name of so-called security. This operation is called PRISM, and it is an ongoing domestic surveillance on American citizens through the NSA, FBI, and CIA. Yes, all the big three. What and how do they monitor you? Well, through the leaks provided by Edward Snowden, they monitor your emails, calls, and chats, all without warrants because who cares about civil liberties? According to the ACLU, they also monitor your social media sites like Facebook, Google, Apple, and Skype, so everyone that's not using a Huawei, in which case China's already building your very own social credit score. In addition to the classic illegal wiretappings these governmental security agencies have become infamous for, with so much of our lives being shared with friends and family through phone calls and text messages, how is this not like spying on you in your own home? To the idiots that claim you got nothing to fear if you've got nothing to hide, do you not care that your rights are being violated? Do you not care that your personal, private conversations are being recorded? Do you seriously not care about the data they have on you? Why even have a constitution when the government just uses it as toilet paper? Yes, every once in a while, stop Big Brother for a minute period of time until they find or make their way around it. It's meaningless to them. The NSA, CIA, and FBI are storing information on hard drives, which stops them from blackmailing the journalists, businessmen, and political figures monitored. Imagine if a private citizen started recording people's private conversations, accessing their accounts, and stored information for future use. I'll tell you what, you'd get up to five years in prison and or a $500 fine per count, plus all the other restrictions of being convicted of a federal crime, just for violating the Wiretap Act. Furthermore, it violates the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which carries another penalty of one to five years for the first count, then going to ten. So, six to ten years in prison for doing the same thing just once, let alone to the scale that Snowden's Leaks presented. That's not including if you did it to the federal government or their officials slash representatives, in which case that's espionage. The crime, among others, currently facing Edward Snowden for exposing the NSA and other federal agencies' violations of our rights. After all, they always make sure to protect themselves from being exposed. It would be a shame if we got to see how Washington really works. I have a funny feeling it would be detrimental to a few re-election campaigns. Now to the Patriot Act, a bill which was a rash reaction to the direct after effects of 9-11 and turned into a power grab by the US government at the cost of civil liberties. See, the Patriot Act was supposed to be long dead by now, initially expiring in 2011, but then President Obama extended the bill for another four years. What really shows the resolve of Congress is that they let some parts of the bill expire, ten years too late I might add, but better late than never, only to introduce another act called the USA Freedom Act, in which case its name is almost as ironic as it is dystopian. The Uniting and Strengthening America by Fulfilling Rights and Ensuring Effective Discipline Over Monitoring Act of 2015. Ensuring Effective Discipline Over Monitoring. What on earth? Somebody Please Call Orwell 1984 came a bit late. Let me get this straight. They let some parts of the Patriot Act expire in 2015. Only for the same Congress to introduce a new bill reinstalling those parts literally a month and one day later. If that doesn't reek of deceit, I don't know what does. I don't even know what to say. The only thing I can say is, good going, Washington. You really fixed that, really solving issues. The only reason why they even changed the dang name is because the Patriot Act is the bill that authorized the wiretap, as I previously mentioned. And that became associated with the bill. So thanks, Congress, for defending our civil liberties for a month. Real glad you're the ones representing us. The bill supposedly gets rid of the illegal NSA surveillance, and that's all in the past, but let's be honest, I'll believe that when pigs fly. Worst case scenario, they write another law because, as we've seen, the Constitution is worthless when it comes to the security of the state. Your individual rights don't matter if it infringes upon the abilities of the state, which is ironically the reason why these restrictions were put on the government, because that's what rights are. Protections from governmental actions deemed invasive, unnecessary, tyrannical, etc., and the American people seem to have forgotten that. Other activities allowed by the Patriot Act and its successor are, quote unquote, sneak and peek warrants, which allows the government to get this, break and enter into your home, and search the place without your permission. They can also seize any items they deem necessary, so basically they can steal your stuff, and you can come home to your house trashed like you've just been robbed. And yes, this actually happened to a man in Cleveland, which shows that the police not only acknowledged the infringements, but are complicit in it. These operations were justified for use against terrorism, but according to Lee Tian of the EFF, in the 2013 report, 85% of 11,129 requests were for drugs, not terrorism, drugs. Only 0.5% were used against the intended targets. Look, I don't mean to condone the black market drug industry, but there are other channels that don't violate people's rights that are meant for this sort of stuff, like, for instance, a regular warrant. Moreover, it's only getting worse with spikes from 3,970 previous to 2009 to 6,775 in 2011 to 11,129 in 2013 to 15,164 in 2016. By the way, it's now a standard procedure with the USA Freedom Act. They are using this more and more to circumvent our constitutional rights and violate our civil liberties to which no one is doing anything about. The news certainly isn't reporting on this. I didn't even know this was a thing until I started researching for this episode. The Supreme Court has had 11 years to judge it unconstitutional. Congress passed the dang bill. Looks like we're the only ones that can actually do something about this. 9-11 rocked this nation to its core, but it also gave false justification for the federal government to restrict and kneecap the rights granted to Americans in the Constitution. These restrictions have been shown to be ineffective against the intended targets, in some cases they are rarely used against them. And this has allowed these security agencies to go unchecked with operations that are invasive, illegal, and often tyrannical in nature. The people in D.C. are either blindly ignorant or willingly complicit in these actions. Even the highest court dedicated to violations of the Constitution is inept at protecting our liberties. We're running out of options. We can try protesting in the hopes of opening their ears to our grievances, but if they remain silent, then the only option left is to level the playing field with our tyrants. After all, as we all know, seek semper tyrannis.